0: How are you guys doing and welcome over here to the channel if you guys are new Please do me a favor and subscribe if you guys like this version on a podcast You guys can actually follow the podcast below They'll be in the top of the description as well on all platforms If you guys want to listen to it on a podcast while you guys are driving or just at work or whatnot You can put in your year, it will be on podcast every single episode will be available for download on all platforms So if you want to listen to spotify, you can listen on there if you don't want a visual if, you, if you're just out on the road just go ahead and uh, follow the podcast. It'll be linked at the very top of the description, and uh, you can just find these things on there as well. So that being said, we're going to start off with Russian losses as of March 18th. It's actually came up just a little bit. They have had some areas where they've been put on an offensive on the eastern side of the country, and it hasn't been panning out too well. Down on the southern side of the country, it also hasn't been panning out too well. If you guys are new to the channel and you guys are actually watching on YouTube, I'm going to tell you guys right now we go over maps quite a bit, and here is the map that I use. This is the one that I actually made myself. And it is fairly accurate it's pretty up to date I tried to do it every single day I, I update it every single day and these areas really haven't changed in the northeast side of the country for the Russians with that being said it's because these main routes coming in have been well, they've been pretty pretty much ambushed every single time so that's going to be something we're going to talk about again here later on but out the gate Russian losses they are sitting at around 14,200 casualties as of right now and when we say that we're talking about ka and wounded so with that being, that is thats a, that's kind of a real number. I, I've said that multiple times. You guys may not believe it, but it has been coming out even from the U.S. side of things that they're believing that it's upwards of 9,000 K as of right now, which is pretty significant. And that's another reason why they're going after Syrians, bringing in Chechnyans and bringing in people from uh, the Russians from all the way on the either eastern, or excuse me, the eastern side of the country. They've also had 93 planes. They've taken out 112 helicopters, 450 tanks. Now we know that Russia has, what, around 13,000 tanks. A lot of these are going to be Soviet-era. This is still a pretty significant number. 205 artillery pieces, 1,448 APCs. That's a lot. 70, uh, excuse me, 72 MLRSs, three boats now, three boats, 879 vehicles, 60 fuel trucks. All right, fuel trucks, here we go again. What is going on with fuel trucks? I know it's way more than 60. Maybe they just said, you know what? It's just a fuel truck. We're not talking about it. 12 UAVs, 43 anti-air uh, air weapons. So there's your numbers for Russia. We're going to go ahead and move over to my notes. We got, uh, we got some things going on. So Russia's actually moved the artillery closer to Kiev. You guys don't know that. They've been kind of spread out farther on the outside, outskirts of Kiev. And they haven't really had their major artillery pieces actually touching the center uh, when it comes to maximum effective range. And I'm saying this mainly to the fact that Russia's just, it just haven't made any progress in this area. So they may be actually moving in to actually make uh, an attempt to take over the city if peace talks don't work. We know that peace talks haven't been working mainly because it, it's kind of funny. Russia says that it's Ukraine's fault and Ukraine's like, hold on a sec. It can't be our fault. You're trying to invade our country and take it over. <laughs> How are peace talks our fault? You should just drop everything and leave and then everything will be just fine. That's not the way it's going to work though. So US Secretary Anthony Blinken has actually stated that today President Biden will be speaking with Chinese officials. He's actually doing currently right now. They stated it's kind of an open-ended deal. They said that they will actually be punishing China if they actually help Russia in Ukraine militarily. Now, I don't know what that really means. That's when I when I say open-ended, that's really open-ended. I don't know if it means militarily they're gonna punish them or financially. I would assume it's gonna be more financially and do the same thing they did to Russia. Because their economy, I mean, China has one of the largest economies clearly on planet Earth, along with military. Now, hitting them with sanctions because they are so intertwined with the world, it's going to raise the cost of goods here in America and all over the world, pretty much, pretty significantly. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, what's, what's really going to happen there. We're going to find out here later on today. Uh, tomorrow's episode probably will have a really more in-depth piece on this. All I know as of right now that America will be punishing China. I don't know which way, but they're going to punish them if they help Russia in Ukraine. So there's that. Now, Russia has actually threatened that it will attack every single potential supply chain for the S-300 air defense systems, which we talked about earlier in yesterday's video. Uh, these are the systems that are actually headed to Ukraine. So this actually came from uh, Sergei Lavrov, who stated that they will not allow the transfer to take place. I don't know if they're going to hit these things in other countries or they're going to hit them right when they enter Ukraine. No one really knows exactly what that means. I think that's more of them just kind of puffing their chest. They're coming out of multiple different countries. I don't. I, they're not coming out of Poland so I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I guess that's one of the ones we're going to have to watch as well. If they've actually attack one of the other countries, not essentially attack the countries, but attack the convoys that are coming out of those countries, that could be somewhat interesting. A lot of people don't really think that this thing could escalate, but it really could escalate due to the fact that if Putin starts losing in this deal. Like if they really start losing, which they are losing really in the world's eyes, but if they start losing, the actual threat of nukes, I, I think that's going to be something that will actually say more and more. I don't know if they'll actually use them, but I think they can actually threaten them they have them now are they operational how many are actually operational who knows but i'm not really wanting to take that chance probably along with about a billion other people so this video you're about to see is actually from a pro war rally if you guys are listening to it on the podcast you guys aren't going to hear it but or see it excuse me but you're going to be able to hear it it's taking place in moscow right now it's like the same stadium they actually hosted the world cup in 2018 and they're currently bussing in people from this rally if you guys don't know this, it's, it's, it's actually got about 200,000 people that have attended. 200,000 people. My buddy that's over in Poland has actually told me that the, the, the support for Russia is actually kind of scary when it comes to the Russian people. There's a lot of people that actually support what is going on in Ukraine. Yes, the world may not support it, but the Russians themselves, they, they actually apparently really do support this. As much as we would like to see all the, 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 the rallies take place and all the people getting arrested, well, there's also another side of that where there's 200,000 people showing up, and Putin himself showed up in this thing. So let's go ahead and show you guys, and then I'll see you guys here in a second. <laughs> is also claiming that Kiev is stalling the negotiations, which is really goofy to me. And he's also noted that the Kiev regime, that's what he called him, the Kiev regime, is trying to, (laughs) to me that's so goofy, trying in every possible way to delay the negotiation process, putting forward more and more unrealistic proposals. Nevertheless, the Russian side is ready to continue to search for solutions in line with its well-known principled approaches. Well-known principled approaches. Oh, man. I would love to see what a what 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 non-principled approaches are there in Russia. <laughs> I mean, principled approaches shelling innocent apartment complexes—that's pretty principled, pretty in line with Russian tactics, I guess, because they're clearly terrible on the ground. Because <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. So here we go. We're going to go over here to north northwest side of Kiev. So they've been doing quite a bit in the same area. They haven't been able to make any type of progress, really. So here on the northwest side, like northern northwest side, I guess you'd say, about right here, they haven't made anything. No Russian movement has happened anywhere where they just put that square. Now, here on the southern side, now, a lot of people, a lot of the analysts that are talking, they're saying the same kind of thing that I am, I guess. The Russians actually need to move over around and take the southern side, if given. It needs to happen. A lot of supply routes are coming in. This way. They're coming in. So the Russians haven't been able to stop these supplies. And right now, the Ukrainians have stated that they have two weeks worth of food and water within the city limits itself, which is quite a bit. I mean, they're not going to be able to starve them out within the next two weeks. And you got to remember, there's over 2 million people that still stayed inside of that city. So Russian forces have executed multiple assaults that are coming out of the southern side of the city just like this. And this has been known that they've actually been poorly executed, coordinated, and have small elements. They're not overpowering the Ukrainians one bit. And what I mean by small elements, they're not even sending – they should be sending battalion-sized elements out. They're not. They're sending out, like, squads, teams, platoons. They're not sending out an entire battalion-sized element, which they should be doing, to actually fully sweep through this area and take it over. The reason for that being is they don't know what they're doing. So time is not on the Russian side. And I keep saying this over and over again. They have logistical issues – They don't have any element on the ground that has any knowledge when it comes to actually conducting an offensive inside of an urban environment. We've said this multiple times. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Now, the closer they get to defeat, that is the Russians. The closer they get to defeat, the more we're going to see them wave their nukes in the West face. I said this earlier. Now, here on the outskirts of Kiev, they actually need to unify their troops and push around to the southern side if they want to make any type of impact in that area. They have to cut off the snake's head, I guess you would say. And that's pretty much where it's coming in. That's where their fleet, free-follow movement for the Ukrainians is. I've said this for the past week or so. They haven't been able to do that. Now, here's a video for y'all of the mayor visiting. Now, I think this is pretty pro- important because it's one of those morale boosts that the mayor is able to go out in the outskirts of Kiev in those outerlying lying Irpin and, and Hostomel, and those kind of areas, and he's actually visiting checkpoints. That's a big deal. So I want to show you guys. I want, I want you guys to actually see what checkpoints look like. So we're going to go back over here to the map. Chernihiv, as you guys do know, which is up here, they've experienced heavy heavy shelling since the very beginning of this thing. There hasn't been a lot of movement when it comes to Russian forces actually trying to advance on there. We know that they've been trying to set up a pontoon bridge on this side to get forces over, somewhere about roughly in here. We're just going to put a mark right there for you guys. But that's pretty much where they've been trying to do it, if they were going to move in from the western side. But they haven't done that. They haven't been able to do that. And I think it has to do with the supply route. So I'm going to go ahead and draw it in for you guys. Uh, If you guys are new to the channel, this is one of the main routes that comes in right here. This black route I'm drawing in. There's also another one that comes in out of Sumi, somewhat like this. Okay, and then they both come up, and then they kind of peel off right there. Now, you guys see those those two black lines. Those black lines, I may as well just keep them on here, to be honest with you, because for the most part, they have to use these these, these routes to get in from the eastern side to supply, to supply their forces. Now, if you guys have been around for a while, you guys know that they get attacked all the time from where these arrows are. Now, these arrows are ambushes. And when I mean ambush points, they are constantly getting ambushed. That is the Russian forces on these two black lines. These are where they're coming in. Now, this area is the area that the Russians need to control. Now... I want you guys to also realize now with the Russians trying to gain control of these two black lines, they're having to spread their forces even thinner out. So here, as of recently, it's come to the knowledge of just about everywhere in the area that they're having to pull troops out of Sumi and out of Kharkiv area, excuse me, uh, Chernihiv, to actually supply these routes with the needed forces to secure them. Now that's starting to thin out their their lines of defenses and offenses inside of these areas when it comes to the Russians. They have to literally put men on these supply routes to secure it, which then is taking a force from multiple sides into those areas. And by doing that, it's made it literally impossible for them to secure Sumy and Chernihiv and has allowed the Ukrainians to gain more and more white space, become better in the ability to actually ambush the Russians in these routes, in which it has. The Ukrainians have got much better. They're actually working in smaller size team elements, and they're not going after the entire convoy. You see the videos of them going after one and two vehicles. That's all they need to do. It instills fear on the Russians that are moving in there. It instills the fact that they don't really know exactly what they're doing. Every single time they go out, they have the worry that this is going to happen. It's, it's literally just small team elements, like groups of 10 men going out, ambushing an entire convoy, and then peeling off. That's all they're doing. They're not staying. They're not, they're not engaging anymore. They're hitting them and bouncing. It's just guerrilla warfare tactics at its best, and it's causing a lot of issues for the Russians in this northeast side of the country. And I know this as long as they know this. That's why they haven't been able to push on uh, Sumy and or Chernihiv inside of this area, and it's pretty much been in a stalemate. When in fact, it had, well, I say a stalemate, but the Ukrainians have actually gained a little bit of ground and actually knowledge inside of this area on securing those supply routes. And the first U.S. citizen was actually killed up at Chernihiv. It's actually been came out from the United States. I wanted to wait to talk about this. It was killed in Chernihiv by Russian artillery. The, the United States is not going to do anything about this. Mainly, they have told U, U.S. citizens to leave and or not go there. So they're not going to do anything. And it clearly wasn't. The Russians weren't targeting just one civilian. They were just shelling the city. This person just happened to be casualty. And it, it happens in war, but the first one has been confirmed. So, talking about ambushes, matter of fact, down here in Priluki, just outside of it, so you guys see this area, these blue lines with the triangles, you guys see, those are heavily fortified areas. Prayeluki is one of them. The main route actually comes on the outside of this. So, the photos you guys are seeing currently are coming just outside of this. And this is an ambush that just happened over the last twelve hours. It's one of the things I'm talking about, and it's one of those things I'm probably going to talk about to the end of this thing happen or at the end of this thing actually stops. This is going to be the thorn in the Russian side, this entire war. All right, so we're going to move east. Let's go over to my little eastern map here. So on the eastern side of things, not a lot of change. So this is where that route actually comes in. So it comes through just like this. There's a staging ground on this side of the country. This black thick line you're seeing right here, that is actually the border between Russia and Ukraine. But this is a staging area where that X is at. Now, down over here, you guys see Kharkiv. They did take these three areas. They did clear more white space the other day. They still maintain and hold those, the Ukrainians, that is. Now, down over here near well we know the last time I gave you guys an update, the Ukrainian forces did push through here, and they now control that area. So now they actually control this main route coming in. We know down in Kupyansk. They actually had a very large convoy staged two days ago. We have not seen this convoy being dispersed anywhere as of yet. We know that down near Izium is a very heavily uh, contested area, and the Russians have been trying to push through that area over the last 12 to 24 hours. They have actually tried to assault the town from the northern side to take the southern side, because currently the southern side of this town, as you can see here indicated by your blue line, is controlled by the Ukrainian forces. It still is as of right now they were unsuccessful in all their attempts over the last 24 to 20 or excuse me 12 to 24 hours they have not been able to make any ground down there every single one of the attacks and assaults has been repelled by the ukrainians which is a good thing if you're on the ukrainian side izium is a key strategic city mainly if you guys push more Eastern. You guys see Severe Nedesk right here. This area is kind of a big deal. Now they've been trying to push on that over the last 12 to 24 hours as well and have not been successful at actually, you know, I'm going to say last two days. They've been trying to push through there pretty heavily because they know if they could take that area, then they could push all their forces into Izium. Now the Ukrainian forces actually set up a counteroffensive, some more assaults actually in the outskirts of Izium. And this is one of those things I was talking about, those probing attacks. This is another one. They set up a small one, they ambushed some vehicles and they destroyed a several vehicles in the process. That is another big win. I know it may not seem like a big win in the grand scheme of things, but if you do this over and over again, it will actually lead to a little bit of victory when it comes to morale of the Russian troops. It also inflicts major doubts. So you got to think about this. The amount of doubt it inflicts on the Russians every single time they roll out in their vehicles. It also casts doubts on their leader's ability to actually make the right calls on the ground. If I know about it, the men on the ground know about it. They know about the Ukrainians are hitting them. It's just like IEDs inside of Iraq and Afghanistan. We hated them. We knew they were there. We feared them. Same thing with these ambushes. They fear everything that we've given them from the West. And that's one of the biggest weak points right now with the Russian military. So the Donuts River, this area right here is a key topographical area between Harkiv and Donbass area when it comes to operations. So sieving. In the area of operations, excuse me. So seizing this line will actually dislodge the Ukrainian forces and threaten to cut off forces from Kharkiv. This will then open a way for Russians to maneuver to Dnipro. So this is one of those areas I'm talking about. So the, the, the river that runs through there, they would be able to cut off the forces that are up here in Kharkiv. So if they were to push through the Russian forces, I've said this a few times, take Severin in the and then take Izzymeza right here, they would be able to cut off the reinforcements that would be coming down from Kharkiv to reinforce this area. And it would actually make it them able to get freedom movement down to, to Dnipro. So Dnipro is one of their areas they need to take. Now, I do know I have, I have read a few separate times that they're so heavily fortified in this area that it's going to be another Stalingrad. I don't know how true that is. I, I would assume it's going to be fairly, fairly obvious and fairly true to the fact that they haven't been able to take Kiev, and they thought they were going to take that within two weeks. Well, they thought they were going to take the entire country within two weeks in Kiev in two days, but now we're like, what, three weeks deep? And they haven't made much advancements. I'm gonna go back here to the map and actually erase this so you guys can see what I'm talking about. So, right through here, you guys see this town of Rubidzine right there. So, Russians have actually said that they've taken the city. They said that they've claimed it, but they've actually just taken minor areas of the outskirts of the northern side of it. And I still have it actually annotated on the map as you can see right there. But with that being said, I actually have some footage for you guys to see what it's like from the area that they're talking about. До недавних пор рабочее место городского главы городдорубежная вот сейчас We're gonna go down here to Mariupol. so as you guys do know, I've got to get that out of the way. So, Mariupol, as you guys do know, has been heavily contested. They've been fighting from street to street. The Russians took over a hospital there. They held people hostage. This is this is a real thing that happened. Now, the footage you're seeing is coming just from the outside of it. And it's crazy to think the amount of damage that's actually done inside of this area and has to be rebuilt from the ground up, literally from the ground up. This is the outskirts of the city. So, here's this footage for you all. <laughs> House-to-house fighting is still going on down there in the Ukrainian territory. It's actually been said to slowly be shrinking. They have cut off. So there's a route that goes out of Mariupol, somewhat like this. It's very rough, but it's roughly about like that. So that black route I just drew on the map right there. This is supposed to be the route that they take to get people out of the city and stuff to get into the city. Now, the Russians have not allowed a single bit of food, water, or anything else to get into the city for the civilians. They've actually, gets cut off somewhere roughly about right here, honestly, is where it's cut off, on the main road. They have not allowed it to get through, which is, I, I know that the United States and all these other countries are trying to get Putin on some war crimes. I don't really know how that's going to do anything because is he really going to ever leave Russia? Like, I don't don't know. What is that really going to do? Yeah. Maybe if he loses this war, it will help. But as of right now, I don't really know if that's going to do anything, but that's what's been going on. There hasn't been many major offenses in this area. They have been doing some probing attacks. The Russians that is, they've been trying to go through this area over the last 24 hours. They have been trying to move up, but they have not been able to. Every single attack has been repelled every single one. So all these areas you guys see, they have been trying to push through. They haven't been able to. And if you guys look closely, these areas are all key areas because you guys see the road systems that are running through here. Okay. Now. We know what's going on over there, and we know that the Russians can't really just drive across this terrain down there because they will get stuck. We've seen multiple videos of farmers pulling stuff out. I mean, right now, we all know Ukraine has, their farmers have like the fifth largest army on planet Earth as of right now, but they're trying to get into Zapsersia. And it's this area right here. They're trying to get in to take this city. They're coming in actually from the western side, which I'll show you guys here in a second, but that's one of the key areas they've been coming in at and from, but they have not been able to push through at all in this area, so this whole area has not been changed, or has not changed, excuse me, at all. Now we're going to move west. So they have made a little bit of ground. You guys see here, Zaps will see you again. I'll just go ahead and show you. So there it is right there if you've not seen it. Uh, these these areas, So these are new ground taken right here by the Russians. They have actually stopped their offensive over here on the Mikolaj area in the Vazinesk area. They have been doing some probing attacks once again, trying to find a way across the Bug River to get on the backside of Mikolaj. They have been trying to do that, but that has not been panning at one bit at all. Now, I will say this down here. You guys see this? Yes. The Ukrainian forces have secured more ground going back to Kyrgyzstan. They did attack the airfield in Kyrgyzstan, as you guys do know, the other day. They are starting to make some offensive movements down there. Now, I don't know if that's because the Russians have actually shifted their ground forces over here near the town of Krivira, but the thing is, is they're not being able to push through. It, it's, been, it's been noted that there's not enough enemy forces if you're on the Ukrainian side, so there's not enough Russians on this, this end of the country to actually make any type of advancements past the area they're in right now. The Ukrainian forces from the 20th Mechanized Brigade have actually made a counteroffensive down near Kyrson. This is the one I'm showing you guys right here. So this area right here was actually taken back. This whole area. That's that whole area you guys see right there. This one. That whole area was actually taken back. They pushed out from Mykolaiv, pushed the Russians back near Kyrson into the town of Posad-Pokvrask. This town is actually crucial because it's on the main road that leads into Mykolaiv from Kyrson. So you guys see this main road that runs in? Roads are crucial. It's so the main road that comes in. So now they actually control a very strategic area leading into that main route or that main route leading in. So now they can set up defensive positions there. I don't know how heavily fortified they will be able to make it over the next 24 hours, but if they actually get this area heavily fortified, they're not going to be able to make any advances in Syria. We know also that the Russians want Odessa. So to get Odessa, they're going to need this area. They're going to have to need to take this main route unless they maintain this road coming up like this. So getting supplies to these main Russians over here is going to be a big deal in the future. So just trying to give you guys some some options here uh, as to what could happen but them taking back that main road is pretty big deal russian ships have actually been seen off the coast which i have video we'll go ahead and play that right now those ships are roughly about right here it's not the exact but they are currently roughly sitting right there they've actually started to shell the city But it has not really been very effective as of yet. I do expect them to do an amphibious assault at some point. I don't know exactly when it's going to be. A lot's going to be weather dependent. And you're also going to be dependent on what I just talked about, them securing those routes on that northeastern side of Mikalive to actually get supplies into the backside of Odessa. If they take Odessa, they're going to have to have a supply route to come in to actually resupply the troops that are there. That is one thing that's going to have to happen. That's probably why they haven't actually done an amphibious assault there yet. So, Lviv, as you guys do know, so here is Lviv. So, earlier today, Lviv, as you guys can see, is way over here near Poland. This is Poland right here. This right here is Lviv. So, we were actually just talking about areas down here. So, here's Krivi Raw, here's Nikopol. Here's Kirsten. here's alive So we're now in the area I'm talking about is way over here in the west. So Russians actually targeted the airport this morning. This would be the largest city on the western side of Ukraine, for y'all that don't know, like I just showed you. And we haven't spoken about this town very much, but I, I've spoken about the fact that I believe that the Russians are actually going to go after all the airports across the country because it's just one of the only ways that they're going to be able to secure and actually, well take control of the airspace which i don't believe they're going to be able to do just for the fact of all the anti-air that's been coming into ukraine but here is the aftermath of that strike that that has happened a few hours ago in l'viv. And I'm going to end it on this one. Uh, so if you guys are listening on the podcast, you guys are going to be able to see it. But here is uh, the fact that the farmers in Ukraine have the fifth largest army on planet Earth. I don't know if that's true or not, but it is a good, it's a good thing to note. So here's another one of those videos, and I will see you guys here tomorrow.